0: I'm getting to the point where, you know, it takes so many hours, especially after the amount of time I put into Final Fantasy VII Remake. I mean, I did a whole episode of Digitally Distracted on FF FF7 Remake because I just dedicated so many hours to it. And I know I don't have an unlimited number of hours left to live. Ooh, got dark, got dark quick. Welcome back to Digitally Distracted. I am Game Dave and whoo-hoo-hoo-hoo! Get your party hat on and blow a party horn. Ah! Because this episode is sponsored. That's right. Sponsored by Contra Returns. You remember Batman, okay? And then Batman came back and it was Batman Returns. Same thing. But Contra, you know, Contra's been around a long time. 1987, it came out on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Guess what else happened in 1987? Game Dave was born. You used to think that was the most important thing that happened in 1987. No, Contra, (laughs) slightly more important than that. And now we've got Contra returns on mobile devices. It's a game. Surprise, taking the classic experience, the intense action of the 1987 Contra and returning it with the classic side-scrolling gameplay, two-person teams, alien bosses, the settings you're used to, and the original soundtrack from the series? Right? Now, this is not just a reskin of the original Contra. It also has 200-plus levels of intense action. That's more than the original. By far. And you can go single-player, run and gun, or multiplayer in head-to-head, real-time action. 1v1 or 3v3 multiplayer action. And you can choose from more than 10 different heroes, not just Bill and Lance, William and Lancelot. You can also upgrade your heroes and enhance them with unlockable skills and pair them up with a massive arsenal of weapons. It's Contra. Even Roy, from Games in a Minute, approves of Contra. Oh, now look at that right there. A Nintendo tape. You mean to tell me that they fit the whole game inside of that thing. Wow. Now that is some digital good good. See? And it's available on iOS and Android devices. Today. What? Today? Game Dave, late to the game? Dave, Contra Returns has already been released. So why don't you go download it today using the link in the description. Check it out, because it is risk-free. You know why? Because it's free. I mean, it's definitely worth the price of nothing. So download Contra Returns, check it out, enjoy that classic action with a nice upgrade. Highly recommend. Thank you, Contra Returns, for sponsoring this episode of Digitally distracted. And this episode is coming from you. Sometimes I can think of topics off the top of my head. I have tons of them. However, I also sometimes like to get my topics and questions from you. What do you want to hear me talk about? What do you want to know the answers to? The discussions from what said who, huh? Topics. So here we are. I reached out on Discord and Twitter to see You know, if you're not on the Discord, get on the Game Dave server on Discord. Just do it now. I'll wait. We've got an awesome community over there on the Game Dave Discord, so I highly recommend you get on over there. I'm just going to go through these questions. I'm going to try to answer every single one, so I might have to go quick. Deal with it. Good lord. First up, Order42Show said, I noticed the other day that it has been many months since you signed in to the PlayStation Network. Frankly, sir, I expect you to stay out of my personal affairs. Anything in particular that you're looking forward to that will bring you back? I mean, I've got to play Final Fantasy 16 whenever that happens. I've just been playing a lot of PlayStation 4 games. I've not been doing a lot of online stuff. I've never been... An online gamer, necessarily. Don't do a lot of online stuff. Usually, I don't even connect to the internet. I keep things offline. I keep my PSN profile offline. And I just play my games. So low. What do you expect? I love the RPGs. I'm waiting for that next RPG that's going to get me. I think Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two on the PS5, that'll be it. The game that I'm waiting to dive into is... Integrate and the Yuffie DLC. I have not played Final Fantasy VII Remake on the PS5 yet because played about uh, 150 hours of the original final, <laughs> the original Final Fantasy remake of the original Final Fantasy VII. Hmm. I do want to dive into the Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate with Yuffie DLC eventually. It's on my list. All right, order 42. So why don't you relax? Shadow 815X, Shadow 815X on the Discord said, what's your favorite Nintendo IP and why? This can be a tough question to answer because there might be a specific game from a Nintendo IP that's one of my favorites, but that doesn't mean I necessarily love everything within the intellectual property that encompasses said game that I am a favorite fan of. So it's tough, because Super Mario World, I think I've said this before, Super Mario World is likely my favorite Mario game of all time. I also enjoy Mario Kart. Now, are those Mario games? Super Mario World is. Is Mario Kart just a Mario game? No. I would say that's its own IP. But Mario Kart is not necessarily my favorite. This is tough. Super Mario World, man. My favorite Nintendo IP, specifically. It's weird to just say Mario. You've made me, I can pick specific games within the Nintendo IP. But to say just this IP, this intellectual property is my favorite? If I say Mario, that includes a lot of games that I'm not, like, in love with. I love the original run of Mario platformers, but I never really, uh, Super Mario 64. Meh. What?! He's not in love with Super Mario 64. I mean, come on. Super Nintendo Boy. Of course not. NES Boy. PlayStation after that. 64 left behind. You've really messed me up here, Shadow815X, because Mario seems so generic, but it just makes sense. If it encompasses everything Mario, I gotta say, hours-wise, likely it's gonna be Mario because of those classics. Super Mario, Super Mario Bros. 2, 3, All-Stars, World especially Mario Kart, if you're gonna, if you're gonna include it, Mario Party, if you're gonna include it. Smash Brothers, does that have its own category? Is that separate? Is that its own IP? I guess so. I wouldn't call that a Mario game. Love Super Smash Brothers. And then, of course, the deep dark secret of Animal Crossing. It's gotta be one of those. You'd think, is it Zelda? Hmm, nah. Nah. Pikmin? Eh. I like Pikmin. I like Pikmin, but nah. When it comes to Nintendo, I like the Smash. I like the Mario of the world variety. I don't like Animal Crossing. That didn't answer your question, but hey, at least I said things related to what your question was, Shadow. AJ said, what would your response be if someone told you, I don't like movies, they are too long? Well, my response to that would be, do you like games? Do you like video games? because video games are a lot longer than movies, I would try to understand, do you like short experiences like television? Or do you just not like non-interactive media content? It could be the case. I know people who don't particularly watch a lot of movies. Uh, Maybe they don't like uh, to sit still. Maybe they like to be on the go. Always got to be doing something. Throwing a pigskin around or golfing a ball into a hole in the real world and not with Mario or uh, Hot Shots. (laughs) I would just want to know more. I would be curious. I'm a curious person. I like to question things, statements like that. I don't like movies. They're too long. How, How long? How long is too long for a movie? When you realize it's not over? I love when I'm watching a movie... And I'm so into it that I get nervous because it feels like it's moving towards the end of the film. I'm like, oh my gosh, is this going to be the end of the movie? And then it doesn't end up being the end of the movie. And I'm like, yeah, there's more movie. This can't be the end. Yay. Who doesn't love that feeling, especially in the movie theater, that first view? Oh, is this it? oh it's over. Oh, no, I want more. I want more. Oh, more. But don't give me too much. Don't give me too much. You got to end with just enough, just enough flavor, enough taste, so that at the end I'm like, hmm, I could, man, I could have gone back for more. Movies. Thanks, AJ, for your question. Burner asked, where is the pea stored? I guess, I guess in the alphabet, Burner. In the alphabet. Filbert. Filbert on the Discord. Filbert asked, Well, my previous question from the last q and I know you said you wanted to think more about, but it was, What are games that have changed you, your opinion, or introduced you to a new hobby? Thinking about it more, <laughs> Jackie Chan Jackie Chan. I've always loved Jackie Chan. And there was a uh, little-known PlayStation game, Jackie Chan Stuntmaster. Loved that game. Uh, played the heck out of it. 100%ed that game on the original PlayStation. And, e- funny story. Not so funny story. Just a something that happened. Isn't that fun when somebody says, Hey, funny story, but it's actually just a story, and there's nothing funny about it. It's just something that happened. So, something that happened... I was just out of curiosity checking the electronic bay, eBay, and I was, I was looking at some things because game prices are just mind-blowingly outrageous right now, annoyingly outrageous, frustratingly rising for games that I don't... It's not fair. Why, why are these games getting so expensive? I don't care about the value of my games on my shelves... That's not why I have them. I don't have them because, look, this one's worth $80. This one's worth $30. I remember when I repurchased, because I had Jackie Chan's Stuntmaster when I was younger, and I loved it. I crushed it, destroyed it, and then I had this weird situation, which I've talked about many, many episodes ago, about why I got rid of a lot of my games, except for my favorite RPGs. I got rid of everything else, including that game. So full of trading things in and selling games. Why? But I knew I wanted to get it back. This is before I had started the Game Dave channel. It's like, I got to get Jackie Stunt Stuntmaster. And uh, it was like $30, $35 for a complete, like new ish copy of Jackie Stunt Stuntmaster. And I was mad. I was like, $30, $35? It seems that's very expensive. I, I don't know. It's an old PlayStation game. Why? $35. I got it. I think I eventually got it for about thirty dollars and I felt a little oh man, this is expensive. I went th- I had the same story with Mega Man Legends and Mega Man Legends 2, getting those back in my collection. But again, this was a while ago. And I just looked it up. I was like, I wonder what Jackie Chan Stuntmaster goes for now. And there was a listing for for two or three of them, and they were $130. Huh? Huh? What is happening? Stop. Stop it! Stop! Stop it! That's from the Twitch channel. If you don't know, I stream every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, Twitch.tv/GameDave. I hope to see you there. If you've now listened or watched this episode of Digitally Distracted and you've heard that with your ears, now you're like, oh gosh, I better be there Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern for GameDave Live, Twitch.tv/GameDave. It's a nice little has my own little sponsorship. <laughs> But anyway, Jackie Chan's Stuntmaster got me to want to see more of Jackie Chan's films, the ones that were a little more obscure. That led me down that path, because I always loved the 90s era Jackie Chan, Rubble in the Bronx, uh, Operation Condor, so forth and so so on. <laughs> so forth and so on. So I went back to the, the earlier era, and slightly disappointing, but... It was after Jackie Chan Stuntmaster that I, I think I first saw the original Drunken Master, but not The Legend of Drunken Master, which I think is actually Drunken Master 2, which I did really enjoy. Drunken Master is good as well. But there's things about the style of the way that those early, early Jackie Chan films were made. I'm just nostalgic for that 90s. That Who Am I era, you know, of Jackie Chan. I mean, so that's not very deep. (laughs) It didn't introduce me to a new hobby, but it it got me to uh, seek out more Jackie in my life. Of course, I love Jackie Chan. Uh, Oh, here's some examples from Filbert about how to answer that question. I appreciate it. (laughs) Uh, Playing Red Dead Redemption, getting you into Westerns, or playing Neverwinter Nights or Baldur's Gate, you decided to try D&D. So I've said it before, Baldur's Gate was introduced to me by my Scoutmaster, and I fell in love with it, and I had not really played much Dungeons & Dragons, which also he introduced me into. He said, hey, you know, Dungeons & Dragons is what this game is based around. We should play it. And then we got that big group together, which was awesome. My first introduction to Dungeons & Dragons. But Baldur's Gate, just to piggyback on your own example, got me into more isometric, uh, real-time-ish, but not really, because you can pause it. Uh, RPGs based on that sort of engine so Baldur's Gate that was my first experience then I seeked I seeked it I sucked it out (laughs) that doesn't sound right at all whoopsie not going to edit that out staying in it's staying in Icewind Dale and Baldur's Gate led me to actually play Neverwinter Nights so there you go Uh, my Scoutmaster did not have Neverwinter Nights it was Baldur's Gate only I mean that was the only one out it was in the original box with all of the discs. It had not been re-released yet. Uh, Baldur's Gate 2, I, I, as I said, Icewind Dale. More recently, Planescape Torment. You know, the Infinity Engine games. That sort of PC style. Baldur's Gate is the only reason I got slightly interested in PC gaming at all. There you go. Thank you, Baldur's Gate. I appreciate it. And video games... uh. Did not affect my interest in martial arts. Obviously, I've talked about that as well. I love martial arts a lot. Uh, I've taken a few styles of martial arts in my in my heyday before the the gut sort of started, started growing on my lower body. <laughs> I should get back into martial arts. Can I do a martial arts stream where I just practice uh, martial arts forms uh, on videotape? That's right. I have a VHS collection of martial arts tapes. Uh, the full string of of kata's from uh, a form of karate that I took as a young lad. That would be interesting. I'm sure, there's some copyright situation where I can't actually stream that, but wouldn't that be neat? Sound off. Let me know if that that would be interesting. A martial arts stream. I'll wear my I'll wear my uh, my old uniform that definitely doesn't fit anymore. Moving on, Reshko, Reshko on the Discord asked, Who slash what is the best last boss of all time? Well, it's not Lavos from Chrono Trigger because there's not a lot of mystique there because you're constantly talking about fighting Lavos in Chrono Trigger. Sorry, Chrono Trigger fans. Not the Chrono Cross's final boss is much better. Chrono Cross, the final boss in Chrono Cross, that sounds like a the start of a rhyme. Is always through me. The first time I saw the final boss of Chrono Cross, I was like, what what? Because you kind of decide when you're ready to take on the final boss in that game. It's like, what is this thing? Don't like it. So I, I wouldn't say it's the best, but it was the most surprising or the most maybe not surprising, but off putting. Chrono Cross had the most off-putting boss, final boss of all time. (laughs) The best last boss of all time. Hmm. My thing with role-playing games, that's where I'm going to come from. When it comes to final bosses, I'm thinking RPGs, not platformers, and, you know, things like that. I'm thinking RPGs because those big reveals of that that last boss is always interesting. Uh, And with Final Fantasy games specifically... They do this thing where the best last boss... The best boss is not the last boss. Almost never is the best boss the final boss. It's those secret bosses. The ultra-hard, crazy, extreme creatures that you take on. Like Ultros. Ultros. What am I saying? (laughs) Ultros. Ultros is an octopus. You dummy. Not Ultros. I meant Ozma. Where do you get Ultros from Ozma? Ozma in Final Fantasy IX was the uh, super hard boss in nine. We had the weapons in Final Fantasy VII. In Final Fantasy VIII, you had Omega Weapon. You know that era of the weapons with Final Fantasy VII and VIII. I always loved those bosses, and I think it was the maybe the Game Boy Advance port. I have a lot of opinions about the Game Boy Advance ports of the early 2D Final Fantasy games. The music is trash. They ruined some of the music. Bad porting of the music. But there are some things they added to the Game Boy Advance games that I guess people like. Some changes. And I think in the Game Boy Advance port, they added an Ultra Boss to Final Fantasy 1. And I think it's like an early sort of Ultima weapon thing. I think it's like a mech. Is it like a mech? Let me know in the comments. I think it's like a mech or machine that's super insane, but you can only fight it if you randomly encounter it in this in a particular hallway in a dungeon. If you keep going back and forth in the hallway, there's a chance you'll run into it. It's not like Atomos or anything like that. I think it is like a mech, some kind of weapon mech that they added in that's super difficult to fight that I don't believe is in the original NES version of Final Fantasy I could be wrong, but I know the story's right. It just might not be Final Fantasy and it might not be the Game Boy Advance port. But there's a port where that is the case. Knowledge. Knowledge. So it's hard to say the best last boss because I always think the best boss is the one you didn't have to fight. But I'll go back to Final Fantasy VIII and I'll say that Final Fantasy VIII's final boss fight felt maybe the most memorable because you go through... So many forms of Ultimania—it's this is crazy, it's crazy, the forms. I mean, each form had its own, had its own uh, boss music. I always remember the tinging of the of the one that ting 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 oh, or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, We'll go Final Fantasy 8 for now. Okay, that was pretty cool. I always enjoyed the. The final Fantasy VIII boss fights. The, the, the final boss fights. Off the top of my head, we'll go with that. Because Suikoden, I love Suikoden and all. But, uh, I mean, you know what's coming. You know who the final bosses are going to be. Maybe it's best from a story perspective, but the most, like, craziness? I mean, Emperor Barbarossa turns into a, a, tri, a tri-headed thing. You know? Come on. Cool. Moving on. Thank you, Reshko, for your question. B-dub- green b dub green said do you ever feel pressured to play games pressured to play games uh in a couple of ways actually let's see what you had to say i feel that way like i've invested so much time and money that i feel like i have to do it even though i don't really feel like it oh like sometimes i better play some games tonight i've spent so many spent so so many dollars on these games i better play some tonight make my investment worthwhile I could see that. For me it's not it's not that I've spent money on them, it's more the pressure comes twofold. For me I'm in a weird somewhat unique position in that I talk about games through this thing that's happening here, actually this is one of the forms in which it happens. So I do feel pressured to play certain games to then discuss those games through the video or audio format. Uh, there is some pressure there. Uh, but I always I always fear that sticking to like a schedule makes gaming feel like a job, and I, I don't want to get to that point where, oh, man, i got to play that game. And if I play that game, I'm going to have to capture footage. Or if I play that game, I'm going to have to think about how do I want to discuss it. And it's nice to separate the two in a way. Like, this is a game I'm going to do a video on. This is a game that I'm just going to play for me world off. Nothing else. This is just for me to experience. And if it comes up in conversation online, great. I'll have things to say about it. Um, But I do feel pressure to play games so that I am in the know. Does that make sense? Because I have friends that are gamers. And a lot of those friends are online. Outside of just Game Dave content. And sometimes they want to talk about games. And I'm like, yeah, I yep, didn't see it. There was the PlayStation... It was like a little PlayStation show just recently where they showed some trailers and teasers and things like that. I got the new Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2 for PlayStation, and they teased a Wolverine game that's coming and some other things. There was a, it was Forspoken. Is that what it's called, Forspoken? Got a message from a good friend. And it said, uh, "Hey, well, what about you? What'd you think of it? What did you think of it?" And I know you're watching right now, so I'm very curious to see if you message me after watching this episode, because you're gonna know I'm talking about you. Uh, Send a message like, "Oh, what'd you think about the, the stuff shown off for PlayStation?" I'm like, "I don't know, nothing particularly." I mean, sometimes I feel the pressure to be like, "Oh man, maybe I should look more into it, or maybe I should play more of these games." Or I'm getting to the point where you know it takes so many hours, especially after. The amount of time I put into Final Fantasy VII Remake. I mean, I did a whole episode of Digitally Distracted on FF7 Remake because I just dedicated so many hours to it. And I know I don't have an unlimited number of hours left to live. Ooh, got dark, got dark quick. So it's very hard for me to get excited about a lot. I mean, I can get excited about a lot of things, but to get excited to put tons of hours into a lot of games it's difficult so i get hyper focused on certain things in gaming now especially with new releases because most new games are not the games of yore they're not super nintendo experiences that you could do in an hour or two or nes experiences that you could do in 20 to 30 minutes this ain't super mario bros you know there's a lot more to it now RPGs have always been that way you know your 40 hour RPGs on the on the maybe lower end since the PlayStation era but uh, i'm not not a, in high school anymore where i can plan my weekends around playing an RPG all weekend i used to do that i would set my alarm i didn't i am not a morning person but i was kind of a morning person when I was working on a new RPG, I would set an alarm for super early in the morning on Saturday after, you know, when I was in high school. I would get up super early, and I would just play an RPG all day. I'm like, how far am I going to get? How far? Am I, how many hours can I get into the game? How much grinding can I do in this game before I go to bed? And I would just all day. And I would do the same thing the next day, Sunday, and then back to school. Maybe I'd play some when I got home from school. You know, if I hung out with my friends or my, or my best friend... uh and he came over. I would I would work on my RPG. He'd watch. We'd hang out. Maybe he'd play on his, his DS. I think I think the DS had been out yet. He might have been on his Game Boy Advance still. Yeah, I think I think he might have been moving to the DS or or the PSP. I think we got PSPs in high school. Pretty sure. I think so. I'm trying to rem- I remember we all three. Uh, me, my friend Stephen, and Freeman. Me, Steven, and Freeman. We all three got the PlayStation Portable. We were super pumped. Like, oh, this is sick. PlayStation Portable. And we got that, that Four Heroes game or something. It was like a hack and slash game. We we played it all night. I I traded my PSP in before they did. Uh, much later, I got one again. They kept playing. They kept playing the PSP. And I actually have. Uh, I actually have Steven's original, uh, I have his PlayStation Portable, his second PlayStation Portable. I still have it. I know I have his original, because I think he traded his his original in for the the next model, and I still have it. I still have his... still have his PlayStation Portable over there. It's kind of... Anyway, what was the question? Being pressured to play games? Sometimes. <laughs> B-Dub Green, thank you. Tyler Tylerson, what is your favorite... Video game movie performance, regardless of the overall quality of the movie. All right, so video game movies that I've got some, uh, you know, knowledge of. My favorite video game movies, likely the Mortal Kombat films. I know they've uh, not aged great. I guess people would say when it comes to those movies. They're cheesy. Uh, I still like the first one a lot. Annihilation was was fine. But the the original Mortal Kombat film's performance from Johnny Cage. It's pretty good. Felt very Johnny Cage to me. I just, I liked Johnny Cage. I don't know what it is. Really like Johnny Cage. And then he didn't come back for the second movie the actor, and then so they killed him off right at the beginning of Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Shoo! You know, I, I, I know it's bad, but I also like the Raiden performance in the first Mortal Kombat. It's just, he's likable. He's so likable in the first movie, even though he's totally not what Raiden, what I assumed Raiden would be based on playing the games of Mortal Kombat. Oh, Highlander. <laughs> His little jokes. He's he's like <laughs> sorry. Like I always think of that in my head. I don't. know I'll throw that out there. Uh, Mario Brothers. I saw Super Mario Brothers when it came out. Uh, I I thought Bob Hoskins was fine <laughs> as Mario. John Leguizamo was a little little irritating in that film. We'll go we'll go Johnny Cage in the original Mortal Kombat. That was, was pretty good good performance. I saw somebody in the Discord was talking about Street Fighter, the movie, and I agree. I love Gomez Adams, so, of course, it's a great performance there in Bison. Tape Flipper, Tape Flipper on the Discord said, What is your favorite Dragon Quest game, and why is Dragon Quest the greatest RPG franchise there has ever been or ever will be? That seems like, is that Duke? Is that the 8-bit Duke sending that message? Because we all know. Duke loves the Dragon Quest. I'm glad to hear that Dragon Quest is your greatest RPG franchise ever. Uh, I like Dragon Quest. You can name the hero, so of course I like it. And you can still name the hero. But more recently, I I like the original NES Dragon Quest games. Uh, I really liked... Well, Dragon Warrior, excuse me. I, I liked Dragon Warrior 7. On the original PlayStation, before, that was the last, I believe. Wasn't Dragon Warrior 7 the last, or is it 8? No, I'm, I'm right. Don't, da- Game Dave, don't question yourself. Yes. Dragon Warrior 7, which I'm pretty sure was the last one to be called Warrior here and not Quest. I really like Dragon Warrior 7 on the original PlayStation. Maybe that's because I'm a PlayStation snob. I love the original PlayStation's RPG Collection. But I do also like uh, the original Dragon Dragon Warrior games. The original Dragon Warrior, the very first one, I did not like it the first time I played it. Didn't care for it. Didn't care for it. Uh, two, three, four were fine. 4? Pretty good. 4 is pretty good. A little pricey now, too. Another game that's very pricey. But 7, I really enjoy. I know there's a lot of love for the PS2. Um game but I, yeah something about Dragon Warrior 7 i just have this nostalgia nostalgia vision <laughs> nostalgia vision usually forces my hand when it comes to a lot of games and it's not always because it's the best it's just it's my favorite thanks for your question tape flipper wasserhammer one of the strongest usernames wasserhammer said final fantasy pixel remasters versus Dragon Quest Three Remake in Octopath style. Is that, that's not the question, though. There's no question mark on that. That's a sentence. So, Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters versus Dragon Quest Three Remake in Octopath style. Okay. So, that is to set up this question. Is it better to stay totally faithful or to have meaningful graphical updates in remakes? Personally, I'm happy with the Pixel Remasters, but I would be ecstatic... If Final Fantasy IV and Final Fantasy VI were done in Octopath style. I would take all six original Final Fantasy games in the Octopath style. The Octopath pixelated style, despite the sort of 2.5 HD, whatever you want to call it, despite that, the actual sprite work looks more like the original SNES Final Fantasy Game Sprite Work, then the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters Sprite Work. And I I've said this before in the Discord. Join the Discord. You could have heard me say this via words and typing if you're on the Game Dave server. The link is somewhere in the description as well. Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster. If you're going to remaster something and you're not going to keep the sprites the same and you're going to modify them to where they look significantly different, and I think I am not wrong in saying the sprites look significantly different in style and feel, if you can't be faithful To the original sprite with your slight redoing of them, then go all the way. Just go all the way. Take the Final Fantasy pixels behind the bleachers and go all the way. Hard PG. That's what you gotta do. It's decided. But really, what I'm trying to say is stay faithful. It is better to stay as faithful as you can to the style and feel of the original graphics. And if you look at Final Fantasy VI sprites, the Final Fantasy VI sprites have an overall dark, shadowed feel to the graphical pixelations. The way that they are designed has this dark feeling. And the argument that talks about, like, CRT, oh, well, they're, you know, when you look at them on a CRT, they were made a certain way, and they weren't meant to be in this razor. Sheesh! Shush! Don't agree. I don't agree. (laughs) They didn't have to change any graphics for the SNES Classic. So, when it comes to remasters, if it's not a remake, if it's not a remake, stay faithful to the style, because these new sprites, going back to Final Fantasy 6, <laughs> makes me sick, what they did to Final Fantasy 6, the Final Fantasy 6 sprites have this lighter, less shadow, edge detailed look to them, everything's too clean, it almost feels too bright, and there's, it's Final Fantasy 6 is not a bright game, that is a dark, grungy, uh, charcoal-covered game, almost steampunky. Everything in that game is, is has got this feel. And they did some things so well with the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters. I, I went through the first three and took a little flavor check, a little taste test of the first three Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster games on stream. Looked the good, the bad. I compared them a lot to Final Fantasy Origins, which did a better job, as well as Final Fantasy Anthology and Chronicles because they kept the assets the same. Now, Final Fantasy Origins, they updated the graphics to the SNES style, but they felt like they lived in that SNES style. They matched... Final Fantasy One and Two from the Origins port on on uh, PlayStation felt like they lined up. Like you could play those two and then follow them with obviously they skipped three, four, five, and six from Super Nintendo, and it it flowed. The graphic style made sense all the way through. So if you're gonna redo it, just I've said this before on the Discord, do what the PSP did. The PSP versions went all out and made this awesome change. Awesome art for the for the character sprites and the bosses look amazing. They fill the screen. They're huge. It's fantastic. So if you're not going to go full Octopath, do what they did on the PlayStation Portable with the Final Fantasy original games and their, their sort of remakes, remasters. But if you're going to do a, 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 a sort of a port thing, just be faithful. Make it fit widescreen. You show a little bit more. Maybe clean some things up, but don't fix what ain't broken. So there you go. And I'm with you, Wasserhammer. If you want to do Final Fantasy original games in the Octopath style, do it. I'd much prefer that. Avery, VC92. What media series have you seen referenced or called out as an influence in games that has never got its own good game of its own. This comes to mind after the recent passing of the creator of the Berserk manga. It certainly had a huge influence on the Souls games and even reference outfits in Dragon's Dogma, but it's rarely had any games of its own, let alone any that were more than merely okay. Well, here's the thing. I'm not really sure how to answer that question without a nice deep dive because I'm not anything particular coming to mind about Some form of media that did influence gaming. However, I am going to piggyback on your question and answer a question you didn't actually ask me. Uh, Because when you say never got its own good game, Avery, I might save this question for a future topic. I feel like that could be a whole conversation. Maybe I could have it with someone. But I will say this. About something that never got its own good game, Beetlejuice. Because Ghostbusters had its fair share, you know, when it comes to my movie media, you know, my, my go-to movies. Ghostbusters eventually got a game that was worthy of them. You know, we had new Ghostbusters uh, 2, as well as Ghostbusters the video game, which also got a remaster. And uh, that was nice. Back to the Future had a rough path as well. Some pretty rough games. And then we got the Back to the Future game, which was sort of like a Back to the Future 4, technically. And that was fine. It wasn't amazing, but it was not received the way that the uh, more vintage Back to the Future games were. Beetlejuice, however, is something that never really got revisited. Much like Beetlejuice never got revisited in a sequel sort of situation. The only other media content outside of Beetlejuice, you've got... The rumored Beetlejuice two stuff that keeps coming back and forth and back and forth. Oh, Tim Burton's working on it. Michael Keaton's been in talks with Lin- Winona Ryder's been in talks, back and forth, but it just never materializes. We got the Beetlejuice musical. That's just a retelling of the original. And we got we got some games. Uh, we got the cartoon series, which is a reimagining as well. It took the ideas and characters of the movie and totally turned it turned it around, where Beetlejuice is not evil in the same way, and Beetlejuice is, is a good guy, kind of, sort of, friend of Lydia, not a, a an evil, gross pervert, where Beetlejuice never got a game experience that worked. And I don't know if it's because Beetlejuice is not really the main character of Beetlejuice. The main characters are the Maitlands. And maybe... A little bit, Lydia. And Beetlejuice is the villain of Beetlejuice. (laughs) And if you're going to play a Beetlejuice game, you should be playing as the Maitlands. And the NES Beetlejuice game sort of almost hinted that they were going that direction because one of the Beetlejuice power-ups is is Adam's uh, grotesque Birdman Monster Head that you can have to have an ability, a special ability. Uh, but th- there was also a Beetlejuice game on the Game Boy, but that was based on the animated series. Would be fun to talk about that game in a video. Eh? So Beetlejuice. I would like to see a, a good Beetlejuice game. The only other game experience off the top of my head for Beetlejuice would be the Lego Dimensions level because there was a Beetlejuice pack, Lego pack for Lego Dimensions, so you could play a sort of Beetlejuice experience. Uh, well, I don't really count that as a you know, Beetlejuice game, but I wonder how you could do it. I would love to see a Beetlejuice game where you are the Maitlands, and Beetlejuice is this creature, this, this villain that is interacting with you in a, in a different from afar that you're you're trying to take out Beetlejuice and it kind of goes through the movie in a way it would be nice to have it follow the movie storyline instead of just being hey here's Beetlejuice here's another thing so there's two ways to do it you could do it where you're the Maitlands and you're sort of going through the the beats the story beats of the film ending with a climax which would <laughs> you would you would switch off between Adam and Barbara you go through the different moments in the in the movie with some additional stuff that they could add in. Uh maybe you could have some experiences uh in Beetlejuice's realm, but I think it's better to leave the mystique of Beetlejuice towards the end. And then you end the game. You could have this you could have this stage where you're Adam and you're shrunk down into the model as Adam, and you have to find the truck and you drive off. You have a driving stage and you're slamming into Beetlejuice who's huge, about to marry Lydia. And then you could have the climax, or not the climax, the end of the game where you're Barbara. Because Barbara saves the day. Barbara Maitland is the ultimate hero of Beetlejuice. Barbara wins the day. Barbara is the ultimate hero because Barbara Maitland is sent to the sandworm deserts, tames a sandworm, And busts through the home to devour Beetlejuice. All by herself somehow. And a lot of people are like, that's ridiculous. How did she do that? Think back to early in the movie. The sandworm is coming at her and Adam. And she decks it. Barbara Maitland punches the snot out of a sandworm. It shakes its little stop-motion claymation head. I always remember that vividly from when I was a, a child watching... Beetlejuice. Why was I watching Beetlejuice as a child? That explains a lot. But she's like, or, or, and it shakes its head. So it was already a little afraid of Barbara Maitland. And then she shows up, and she must have just kept punching it, and then she saddled it up, chomped on some Beetlejuice. That'd be pretty cool. Her, like, taming a, a sandworm. That'd be a fun level. What is happening? Sorry. <laughs> this could be a long one, folks. Folks. That's a weird word. Weird word. Folks is it folks or folks? Guess it depends on your dialect, but I hate saying it, and I won't say it again. We had a last minute submission from the Mike Shimeri on the Discord. If it's not too late, I might as well ask a question. A little deeper here. Uh, It's been twenty years since the september eleventh attacks. Everyone has a story about what their day was like. What do you remember? So coincidence, no, (laughs) I am recording this on September 11th, 2021, September 11th, 20 years, September 11th, 2001, 20 years ago, where was I? That's the question. Where was I? It's not something I've really talked about. It's not something I've been asked about ever. I was in high school. I was in high school. And our school, I went to a, a technical high school, so you had a shop. Uh, I was in the video production shop. That's where a lot of this knowledge started, where I really got into video making and understanding the processes of uh, editing and things like that. I started on non-linear, non-linear editing systems, reel-to-reel tape editing of VHS tapes with jog wheels before... Before I used a jog wheel on the JogCon Namco controller, I was doing it, editing VHS tapes. I'm old! (laughs) I was in high school. And we had the main building of our high school, and then we had the trailers. They were trailers, yet they were referred to as the cabins. There were just additional classrooms in these trailers that they called the cabins. Oh, it's in, uh, oh, this class I have in the cabins. It's like, oh, great, I have a cabin class. And I was in one of the cabins, and it was a life skills class. Life skills class. This is a great class. I hope high school still has class like this. It was that classic, old school, traditional high school class where it taught you those things that you didn't learn in algebra or English class or social studies. How to write a check. I mean, I did that in elementary school. I remember learning about check writing in fourth grade. But going over writing checks, dealing with bank stuff, what it would be like to buy a car, what you need to know about a budget. We talked about budgeting. I remember our, our assignment one time was to bring in a newspaper clipping um, of a vehicle that you would want. Newspaper. Find, find a vehicle that you would want, and one of the options was to bring in a news clipping. Some people were like, oh, I would get a brand new car, and they would bring in their new car or whatever. I thought I was smart. Going off on a tangent, I apologize, but I hope you enjoy this. I was like, I'll, I always wanted a Jeep. I always wanted a Jeep, like an old-school Jeep, not a new, modern, fancy Jeep. Old-school Jeep. And I was like, I'll just find a pre-owned Jeep in the One ads, in the classifieds, in the paper. So I found one and it was like 400 bucks. <laughs> so it probably barely ran $400. It was army green. It said runs well, likely had a hundred thousand miles on it. I don't know what year it was. I brought that in. I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I thought it was cool. This Jeep. And he's like, okay, well, it probably eats oil. It's probably going to need certain kind of wheels. It's a Jeep. Uh, it's got no gas mileage. They're going to be spending this much on gas, whatever. And just, I saw money disappear. And like, oh my gosh, practicality. No wonder I've been driving a Nissan Sentra for 10 years. Thanks a lot, life skills class. So it was things like that. Um, things you really should know. But the budgeting stuff, that was huge. It was good. I should have paid attention even more. But here's what happened. It's that classic story you might have heard from others they didn't wheel in a TV. It wasn't one of those situations, but uh, we had cable lines ran through the entire school, just direct cable for you know your main stations, you know CBS, whatever, uh, Channel Three, Channel Four, and we were going to watch a VHS tape about something life skills related for the next activities that we were going to be doing. And our teacher turned on the television. It was on the news whatever, Channel 3, whatever the VCR was hooked to. And it was New York, and it was the second tower. They were showing footage of the first tower, and it was flaming. I wasn't really looking at the TV yet, and our teacher was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? We looked up and we saw it, and it was like, oh, there was. it seems to be, there may have been, um, there was an accident at the uh, first tower, the Twin Towers, the New York... And as we were looking at it for a second, we saw the second plane hit that second tower live. And it was like, what is going on? And our teacher was just like, oh, my goodness. Well, better put this VHS tape in. We got to watch this. And we uh, started the tape, and everybody's like, well, "Okay." So watched some of it, and I think there was an announcement. I mean, it's blurry. I think there was an announcement over the intercom, there'd be more information coming. I think they stopped the tape, and we we had the news on in the cabin, and this little CRT, an old CRT in the corner. It was just it was just attached to the wall on one of those old CRT brackets, <laughs> wall brackets, and, and I didn't know what to feel. It was weird. And then they sent everyone to the gym. So everyone went to the gym from the high school. We all had to go to the gym. We didn't know what was going on. We were all grouped together. And they were like, we're going to call the buses. We're going to send everyone home. because We don't know what's going on. And uh, went home and it was this weird thing that was happening in the country. And it's... uh, that, that's what I remember. That That's what I remember about the details of the day. I don't remember what happened after I got home, after I got off the bus. It was weird. I know there were people who were like, oh, man, we get the day off. We get to go home. But I was definitely, I don't know if I had felt fear necessarily because I was like, well, nothing's going to happen to our state, but this is this is horrible. But I I didn't know how to process it because it wasn't like, you know, I didn't really know anyone in New York personally, and it, it was just, it sucked. It was scary. It was it was a weird time. It was a very very weird time in the country. Uh, there's a lot of weird times in the country, and uh, this is not this is not uh, what I talk about. <laughs> so that's what I remember from the day September 11th, 20 years ago. It does not seem that long ago, but as you get older, time is time is but a window. I'll be back. Vigo, Ghostbusters two. Twitter. On that note, let's jump over to Twitter. Oh, side note, thanks to Contra Returns for sponsoring this episode. Check that link in the description. Moving on to Twitter. Got a couple. Renee Klein said, when are we getting season one of Cowboy Crutches? <laughs> on channel 108, you mean? Channel 108, Cowboy Crutches. He's quite a detective, I, I hear. Daniel Greenberg Get undigital. What game IPs, there it is again, that name, that term, intellectual properties, what game IPs are ripe to be converted into board games, books, exhibited art, etc.? Video games are art, after all. Get undigital. That's fun because Game Dave After Dark has jokingly become the hey, it's late and Game Dave's not as hard PG as he should be right now. (laughs) That's what Game Dave After Dark became. as a as a phrase, but originally Game Dave After Dark was going to be this series where I talked about board games, things that you could play, games you could play without electricity, you know can, and I was going to shoot it by candlelight talk about maybe board games or things like that books maybe I'll still do that. Thoughts? Let me know on the Discord because I'll be more likely to see it. What game IPs are ripe to be converted into board games, books, exhibited, art? Well, a lot of the ones that I would pick have been. Final Fantasy has gotten games. They've gotten um, additional stories. The Suikoden games have mangas. Expanded mangas. Uh, A board game? (sighs) Suikoden has a card game. uh, Which I have some of the cards. I would love to have more. If uh, anybody out there has some uh, Suikoden cards from the and trading card game that you uh, would like to sell let me know I'll buy them I'd love some uh, more Suikoden cards I have a, I have a starter deck pack there a little booster deck or whatever you call it. I'm not I'm not don't know much about the card games hard to play in Japanese but there was a game I I believe uh dreamy warrior friend of the show uh, John with an H was telling me about a game the other day that uh, was built um, around the Suikoden IP um, it sort of worked like a board game, but uh, Final Fantasy does Final Fantasy have a board game? There have been some Final Fantasy games. There is uh, there are some Chocobo games. I think there's also like a Golden Saucer board game, Gold Saucer board game, uh, from the Square Enix store. That's very expensive. That uses the l- cool little, I think it uses little cactuar meeples. Is what I've always known them as. From Carcassonne, meeples, little people tokens. But uh, yeah, IPs that would be ripe from the video game world to be board games or books. I'm surprised we don't have more uh, story based books that are official uh, from Final Fantasy. There have been some Final Fantasy books out there. Uh, a lot like from Final Fantasy 15, there were some. Uh, Suigan, so we, we had the mangas. Uh, The only Suikoden manga we got was the Suikoden 3 series, which I do have. (laughs) I have the other game mangas as well from 1 and 2 and so on. But I can't read them because they're in Japanese. I got to get to work on my Japanese. Friend of the show, you know who you are. You need to help me with my Japanese. Thanks. I want to be able to read a Suikoden manga by 2023. Can he do it? Can he do it? I'm sure there's some ripe IPs that could handle it, but with my retro world, I, I don't know if they'd really fit. And the ones that I would want kind of exist. But a full-fledged board game, it's not really out there. I would love some more tabletop RPG-style board games from the RPGs that I love. A Suikoden-style tabletop RPG would be awesome. Absolutely. And when I ran my first like full-fledged Dungeons & Dragons campaign... I based it on the original Suikoden because my friends had never played it. So I was like, oh, it's perfect. Let's use Koden," And I I sort of followed through. I even had them uh, have their home base headquarters and they would build it up and that was fun. Sorry to not quite answer your question fully. Dexter, the Dexter. Check out Dex's art, do it. Said, if you were allowed to make a crossover video game, a la Marvel vs. Capcom, Battletoads and Double Dragon, or Kingdom Hearts, which two franchises would you mix? I loved Marvel vs. Capcom. I um, also loved Air Guys. God bless the ring. I loved Air Guys with Final Fantasy characters in there, though they had nothing to do with the main sort of game of Air Guys, the dungeon crawling side of it. They they were just they just threw Final Fantasy characters in the in the fighting game. Where's that? I I kind of would love a real Final Fantasy fighting game more to that style than Dissidia. Dissidia's fine, but I I would prefer something like Air Guys now, with all of the Final Fantasy characters. I don't know. I guess I guess it's fine. It's just you're flying around, and I just a little more Marvel versus Capcom. Marvel versus Capcom, I think mastered the the style of. How that works. The crossover 2D fighting game. The original Marvel vs. Capcom. I played a lot of that on PlayStation. And Marvel vs. Capcom 2, I played the most of that in the original uh, arcade form. At our local arcade, Jolly Time. Jolly Time. I was never that good. But I liked to use Mega Man and Iron Man. All the mans. I used all the mans. And by Iron Man, of course... I mean, War Machine. Let's get real, but you know, we occasionally refer to him as Iron Man. I think Iron Man was in Marvel vs. Capcom 2, though. You didn't just have to be War War Machine. All the mans. I I stand by my point. All the mans. And to come back to Kingdom Hearts, sometimes things don't mix. Sometimes you don't put ketchup in your milk and your cereal. Kingdom Hearts put Final Fantasy in the in the hearts. Not a mix I particularly care for. Maybe we shouldn't be mixing stuff like that. Dexter. Jeez. Digital Elixir said, sorry this is so long, do you ever feel burnt out on games from time to time? If so, how do you fix it? Books, music, long walks on the beach? Stay digitally distracted. Thank you. You too. I rarely get burnt out on games. I don't, Here's, here's why. I don't get burnt out on games. I have never been burnt out on playing video games. In the past, I was, I was always ready for the next game, Dave. Or there would just be moments where, for some reason, I wasn't playing a lot of video games. But it wasn't because I was burnt out and needed a break. It was because of a major life situation or something like that. With the current realm of my life... I don't ever have a chance to be burnt out on games. And by burnt out, I mean from playing them. I I can get burnt out on talking about games, possibly. Maybe I just want to talk about something else. And it would be, for me, movies. I love music. But I'm not like a music aficionado that discusses artists. Oh, well, this album, they really brought a sort of flavor that you didn't see in their previous work. Or the, the percussive changes made to this <laughs> Phil Collins album. Movies. It would be movies. I like movies. I mean, I'll go on a long walk on the beach with you, but I'll have I'll I'll be covered in sunscreen. And by sunscreen I mean sun block. Because I gotta block that sun. It will destroy my skin. Very sensitive to the sun. So movies. I like to watch movies. I like to take a break and be non-interactive with something. Games are so interactive and you get so into them and drawn in. I like to sit back and let the just let the story play out without my involvement. So for me, it's movies. If I, if I were to get burnt out on games, which I haven't really yet, because there's no time. I would love to play more games. There's no time. As our good friend Eric from Let's Get would say, there's no time. Eric, if you watched this episode and made it to where I said, there's no time, there's no time, send me a, send me a message so I know you saw it. See how, see how good of a friend you are, Eric from Let's Get. Miss you, Eric from Let's Get. Need to make some more content, boy. (sighs) Fiera, Thierry, excuse me, excuse, excuse me. This is, not, this is from Fieri, Viera. I know I said it right because it just sounded good. What's the most relaxing game after a stressful day at work? The most relaxing game after a stressful day at work is any game that is an RPG with grinding. A JRPG with grinding. A lot of people hate grinding. Oh, i got to grind for levels. I just want to progress the story. I want to do the next thing. I love... Sitting back and just battling, just building up those numbers, 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 experience, experience, experience. It doesn't get monotonous to me. I could do it. I can lose time grinding in an RPG. I can. And it is, it's sort of, it's sort of a stress reliever in a way after a stressful day at work or whatever. It's calming. More recently and more specifically, shout out to my, my friends on the Discord, the Game Dave Discord. We've been playing on our Final Fantasy XI server. Shout out to Ganiman, And if you want to play Final Fantasy XI with us, you can if you join the Game Dave Discord server. Do you know that? Do it! Find the link already. <laughs> Final Fantasy XI grinding. I get lost. I could just grind. They're like, Game Dave, are you going to do anything? Are you going to progress... Any, are you just leveling? All you do is level. Are you Are going to actually get some quests and missions? To- I can just level for a whole session. Just, just run around and fight creatures and just walk. Walk for miles and miles and miles. Unmounted. Final Fantasy XI. It's a nice, it actually is very calming. It is a stress relief to just grind in Final Fantasy XI. And one other thing is digging in Minecraft digging in Minecraft, mining in Minecraft, and just collecting resources and blocks is so calming I, I'm not particularly in particularly into watching people do it I know there are some people who just watch people just dig and build, but for me it's, it's just like there's something about it that's very like rhythmic and calming, put some music on and just go ooh, I missed that too Got Hey, there's a Minecraft game Dave server as well, a game Dave Minecraft server, on the game Dave Discord server. So, if you like Minecraft, you want to come hang out there. You can do that too. Next up, David. David said, David, Balika, Le- Balika, Balika, Baliki, Balika. One of those is right. You choose the one you like the best. (laughs) Or they're all wrong and I'm just going to call you David. Wario fan, yes or no? Do you prefer the party slash mini Wario games or the platformers such as Wario Land on Game Boy slash GameCube? The GameCube game is quite nice. My favorite Wario game is Wario Land on the Virtual Boy. That is my favorite Wario Land game. Mwah! Love it. 100%. 100%. Yes, I love Wario. I used to main, sounds so lame to say, my main character, my main in Super Smash Bros. Wii, for the Wii, it was, uh, <laughs> it was Wario. Oh, just farting on everybody. So gross. Uh, I'm very excited to try out the new Wario game on the Switch. Uh, I did not pre-order it. I ordered it from Amazon on the day it came out, so I'll be playing that a couple days from now when <laughs> it gets here. Thank you for your question. Oh, we're almost to the end. Wow, we're getting close. This one's from Lord JLo817. I hope I, I hope it's JLo. I hope you are Lord JLo. What's a PlayStation One era JRPG that would benefit the most from a remake? Not necessarily what you'd want remade the most, but what game, due to sound graphics or gameplay limitations, that would really shine if it got the right treatment? It'd be tough, I've said this before, and yes, I have to I have to necessarily say the game I'd want remade the most. And it would have to be a combo pack of Suikoden 1 and Suikoden 2. HD remakes... Of 1 and 2. Though I would also struggle with the change because I'm so attached to the originals. To see them in any other form would be so hard for me to deal with. But you know what? A remake does not affect the original. And that's what I learned with Final Fantasy VII Remake. If you have issues with the story or whatever, it does not it does not erase or replace the original Final Fantasy VII in any way. Go enjoy it and love it. Don't care about the remake. Same with Suikoden 1 and 2. If we got that, an HD remake of those two games, they could do so much, but it would be a big undertaking because of all those characters. And do it right, flesh out the characters a little bit more, flesh out the headquarters system, fix the problems with the battle system in Suikoden 2, make it work a little bit better. I don't like to say anything negative about it. I love those games. They are dear to my heart. They are my favorites. But that's what I'd like to see. And now we've come to the end, my friends. The final person with some questions. Rich Retro. Rich Retro said, if we hire you, where do you see yourself within this company in three to five years? Playing Contra Returns. Thanks for hiring me. And by hiring me, hiring me to do Digitally Distracted via your sponsorship. Contra Returns. It's like Batman Returns with Contra. They're gonna love that I said that. It's perfect. Alright, alright, on a more serious note, real question from Rich Retro. What's something in your non-gaming world that distracts you? A physical distraction, if you will. Lately, it's going to surprise you. Basketball. I play basketball with a couple of my coworkers every day after work. And it has been... It is so good. Uh, I'm trying to to get my health back up, and it is exhausting. Uh, We play hard. It's not just a fun little, hey, pick up. It is intense. And I'm not great at basketball, but I try really hard. (laughs) Classic try hard, game Dave. And that is it is such a nice thing to look forward to, to just get out some physical aggression. It gets a little intense. Balls get thrown. uh, We yell at each other. And then we still love each other at the end of the day. Basketball. I never thought it'd be basketball. Um, Outside of that, martial arts. Just doing some martial arts. And I really, really, really need to get back into that. But lately, it's been basketball. And um, surprising. Uh, I did make a three-pointer. Did make a three-pointer in the last game that we played. um, But still lost the game overall. My team lost. um, So there you go. Physical distraction. What a great way. A physical distraction to finish out digitally distracted. Thanks again to Contra Returns for sponsoring this episode. Check out the link in the description. It will uh, it'll show that they're sponsoring meant something. So do it. Thanks to uh, Konami and Contra Returns. And thank you so much for watching this episode of Digitally Distracted. Hey, you got a question? You got a topic you want to hear me talk about? Make sure you find me on Twitter. You can also. See me live every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Twitch.tv slash Gamedave. Get your notifications on. We hang out for many hours. You never know what's going to happen. The discussions are fun. It's like this, but you can respond to what I'm saying. I would love to see you there. Join the Discord if you'd like. Or just watch the videos if you want. YouTube.com slash Dave. This is also available as an audio podcast on your audio podcast platform of choice check it out. Subscribe to the feed. I'd love for you to do that. And you know, rate it. I think ratings help the podcast. Is that true? The podcast form of digitally distracted? I'm sure. That's going to do it for today. But thank you so much for getting digitally distracted.